Twin County Media is sponsored and supported by a group of special businesses and organizations who care about positive journalism and highlighting the best that the Twin Counties has to offer. We are supported by the Rocky Mount Event Center, UNC Health Nash, Rocky Mountain Medical Park Pharmacy, Wildwood Furniture, Lighting, and Decor, Happier at Home, Home Health Care, Bullock's Fine Home Furnishings, the Dunn Center at North Carolina Wesleyan University, Fortis Wealth Management, Claire DeLune, Nash Community College, the Small Business Center at Edgecombe Community College, AAA Mini Storage of Rocky Mount, Old North State Coffee Roasters, Jake Harper, Insurance Agent for Farm Bureau, The Lighthouse Store, Simmons & Harris, Wellingate Apartments, and Metro Maintenance. To become a community partner today, please reach out via email at contact at twincountymedia.com. Welcome back to another episode of the Twin County Spotlight. My name is Benton Moss, and today I have a special guest, Justin Sykes, who is an attorney and lawyer. He is also in government relations uh, by day and by night. He runs the popular social media account, Nash County Nosh, covering the culinary scene in Nash County, but also in Edgecombe, so we'll call it yeah. Twin Counties. Yeah. Uh, Justin, welcome to the podcast. Benton, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, been wanting to come on and, and talk to you all for, for a while now, so I'm glad we got to connect. I know, I know. Work schedules are tough sometimes, but glad we got to connect. Yeah. Um, so tell us about yourself, who you are, um, why you're here. Sure thing. So um, kind of <clears throat> my background in a nutshell, um, born and raised in Rocky Mount, uh, lived here uh, all through high school and then um, graduated uh, and went to um, UNCW, go Seahawks, um, especially if you saw Kentucky uh, this week, uh, last week. I know that's, uh, that's a big <clears throat> loss and a big win. Yeah. Yeah, it was huge. <laughs> Um, so went to UNCW, um, while I was in Wilmington, um, you have to forgive me, I'm getting over a little bit of cold, but, um, while in Wilmington, I got one of my first job, like college jobs at, um, a French bistro in Wilmington, um, Brasserie du Soleil and kind of my first introduction to the behind the scenes of, um, upscale fine dining. Um, so I was a runner, um, and a, a, uh, bus tables, but they let me wait. Uh, they let me wait tables on like Sundays and every like for lunch. When okay, no one would nice. come in. Um, nice. But uh, so kind of kind of started there, um, learning about food a little bit, and then um, graduated from UNCW. Uh, did a year in Raleigh, working at a law firm, and went to uh, North Carolina Central School of Law the following year. Now. After my 1L year, I uh, did a internship in D.C. at a tax lobbying firm. Originally, I wanted to be a, a tax attorney. Um, and uh, sexy, right? Uh, <laughs> but so originally wanted to be a tax attorney, um, did an asso- a summer associate position in D.C. My first day um, on the job, the guy I was working for took me to Capitol Hill, took me to the Capitol, to the speaker's office for a meeting. Um, and uh, a bunch of guys and uh, guys and women in, in nice suits and stuff yelling and arguing over policy. Um, and after that day, I didn't want to be a tax attorney anymore. So I I'd, um, changed my trajectory. <laughs> wanted to get back up to D.C. and be uh, gov- in government relations as a lobbyist. So 
using uh, my law degree to work on the law, but from a more macro um, macro position, kind of actually help crafting um, what statutes and, and things go into law. So uh, after law school, got back up to D.C., and my wife and I um, were there for about eight or nine years, and that's really, I think, where the appreciation for, for food and fine dining, but also just um, cr- creative, uh, you know, experiences with food really, really took off. Sure. Um, and then two years ago, we uh, moved back to Rocky Mount. Um, we had our first kid during the pandemic and, and had to get out of the city. So moved back, uh, lived with my parents for six months, which was amazing and challenging but um they were very <laughs> it was a blessing that they had us for so long sure sure um and then i <clears throat> and and bought a house and i we live in the neighborhood i grew up in uh down the street from my folks so um it was around that time that i um started the the nash county nosh account and uh it's kind of kind of gone from there i love it i love it so um how often you're working in raleigh now right Yep. How um, often do you kind so, of get up there and do you work from home a lot? I mean, what's that like? I work uh, from home Mondays and Fridays, and then I go to Raleigh Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. So I'm in the office there. I do want to point out that it is a Friday. Justin is in person. He's not in the office working. Uh, so he, he's you know, technically working on his yeah. lunch break. <laughs> on, on my, on my uh, calendar, you're my 11 o'clock coffee. So nice. we talked about policy of course. a little bit. Uh, absolutely. So it it's all business. Yeah. yeah, of course. Of course. Um, so what is, we don't have to kind of get into the specifics, but like, what's a, what's a day in the life of a, of a government relations lobbyist? Like, what what does that look like? So it's, I mean, it, it depends on the time (laughs) of year. Um, depends on when, you know, the legislature is in session. So when I was in DC, I was doing federal lobbying, um, on the tax side. So working on things like, um, tax cuts and jobs act from a few years ago and, um, trying to make sure that, uh, you know, people writing legislation have uh, expertise that they need in helping craft that. So we, uh, the biggest part is providing that expertise. Um, We have folks uh, on staff. So I'm I'm now in a satellite office for a firm based in DC. So you're Um, you're basically like, I mean, probably a better word would be a consultant. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a friendlier word, right? No? eh. I mean, I feel like lobbyist (laughs) is like, ooh. But consultant is like, oh, okay, they're consulting with me. There are good consultants. (laughs) Sure, okay, yeah, okay. Um, But, um, you know, coming from D.C., there are uh, vultures too strong. (laughs) I'm joking. joking. Uh, But, yeah, so kind of of consulting the, the folks we work for. Um, on how to approach lawmakers, legislators, when and where to try and engage um, to draft policy and, and craft it, um, and, and where to engage to try and stop policy. Um, you know, if you think about a, a lot of the lawmakers we have now, they didn't go to school to be a House of Representatives member or a senator. They went for mechanical engineering or farming sure and now, we have to get up to speed on a whole lot of different things very quickly yep so now you have people that were um you know doing one thing and are now crafting policy that's going to affect an entire state or a nation right um so there's a learning curve for a lot of folks um that's not to say that a lot of lawmakers aren't 
experts in their I mean, you know, folks that work on financial services legislation come from banking usually. Right. Agriculture, same thing. Um, but so that's kind of where we work with those lawmakers, develop relationships so that if something does come up, they're going to file a bill. Um, we can help kind of get our input in or, you know, tell them that's crazy. That's um, because there's a lot of things that happen with legislation being passed, like, um, <clears throat> like a, for instance, a, a suspension of the state gas tax, Okay. Um, which we've dealt with recently. Uh, sounds great, but for a uh, C store or somebody that is getting fuel from, you know, a jobber, um, from a contract standpoint, when you have to do the paperwork on the back end and you randomly don't have to account for a gas tax anymore, that creates a headache. Um, so trying to, you know, for, in that instance, make folks aware before they do that, what the implications of doing something like suspending the gas tax are. Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, so um, like I said, it varies on what the issue is and, and kind of time of year if they're in if they're in or not. Um, but yeah, it's kind of in a nutshell. Very interesting. And these these lobbyist groups, um, consultants, um, I mean, they're they're run by experts. I would I would assume in mm-hmm. in their specific field. So yep. they care about the, the the legislation and the bills that are coming out that sort of affect their field, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so finance, agriculture, um, various sectors of bu- business, um, social issues. Yeah. There's probably there's institutes, lobbyists, consultants for all of them. Yep, yeah. exactly. Interesting. The, is it the same amount of sort of that kind of thing going on at the state level as there is federal, you think? Yeah, absolutely. Um, or do the same groups sort of straddle federal and at the state level? Does that make sense? Um, yeah, yeah. It, it depends. So most groups have, so when I was doing federal policy, I'm now doing state. So okay. I work now with the North Carolina legislature and the five surrounding states, uh, those legislatures, so Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Tennessee, and Kentucky. Um, so those are my states. Um, and my goal or, or my job is to monitor what's happening in those states. Gotcha. Um, States are the, you know, as they say, the laboratory of democracy. So a lot of things you see bubble up on the state level, go up to the federal level yeah. after they kind of had a test run. Sure. Um, so there's a lot more action on the state level, okay. in my opinion. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, that is interesting. I mean, that's probably how it should be. Yeah. I mean, yep. you know, every state. Yeah, yeah. Every state's <clears throat> sort of free to try things out in the lab, and yeah. um, some things really don't need to die in the lab. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Okay, so you moved back, um, so you moved back d- during the pandemic? When do you move back? Um, similar time that we 20, did. 2021. Okay. Um, my yeah, son was born back. in 2020. We did about a year in the city. Uh, and then I think <clears> 2021 <throat> is when we, we moved back and started looking for a house. Were you in D.C.? In 2020? In 2020. Um, and then I cow. think August of that year, we started... I think August of that year was when I got this position that's based in Raleigh. Um, and then we moved back, I think, that fall. Nice. Um, it's so it's, good to see other young people, you know, moving back to the area, but even is. still being able to have a career. Because, um, you know, it, it'd be tough to have that career and that job um, in Rocky Mount. It doesn't mm-hmm. exist. But you can still live here and work in Raleigh three days a week yep. and have a great lifestyle 
um, and have access to excellent culinary experiences. Yes, exactly. Um, but, you know, the lifestyle is so much easier for a young family. Cost of living so much lower, and you still, you know, make good money, and you don't have to be in an office five days a week. Yeah. Um, so it's that's I, it's awesome. I yeah. love to see it. Yeah. So, um, all right. So what made you want to start Nash County Nash when you got back? So, uh, like I said, when, when we were in D.C., um, <coughs> we uh, we ate out a lot. We we really when we were in DC before we had a kid and before the yeah. pandemic, we used to eat out. You know, a couple times a week. And in DC, there's so many great restaurants. There's so many places to go. Oh yeah. There's so many different cultural you know influences on the food you can get. Um, what were your favorites? Um, there was a lot. Um, there were some good like Michelin star restaurants in DC that are really good. Um, probably our most frequented <clears throat> was a restaurant in our neighborhood called La Tomate, um, which was an, an Italian um, restaurant, obviously. But uh, that was really good. And then at the top of our street, um, this uh, our street was we lived on Mintwood Place, and there was a restaurant at the top of the uh, street called Mintwood Place that was Michelin recommended. But it was very famous because it was President Obama's one of his favorite places to eat in D.C. And he did a lot of, like, uh, meetings and things there. Um, so that was probably our probably our two go-tos. And then also at the top, at the top of our street was a uh, phenomenal bagel place uh, called So's Your Mom. Um, just a hole in the wall. Like, if you think about that Seinfeld episode with the suit Nazi where everybody goes in, you don't really talk, and you just get your yeah. stuff and, and keep moving. It was kind of like that. Um, but, it, you know... It's it's good to to have you know the, the fine dining, but an appreciation of quality of food. Yeah, yeah, quality food at you know that's just kind of your hole in the wall place. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So. Oh, and, and so, I'm sorry. So I, when you get back here. Yeah. So um, so we're back here, uh, and I'm want to continue. You know, we have a certain level of um, <laughs> dining that that we want to continue. Uh, so I, I started looking around and the, you know, the narrative when I was growing up and probably some of what you saw was there's nowhere to eat in Rocky Mount and you can't go here and you, you know, it, we'll go to Central Cafe. And that right. was always yeah. the, so, um, so started looking around, um, and, and kind of doing some research and really it was fun to explore Rocky Mount, the restaurants, cause there were a lot of places that had been here since I grew up that I never went to right? Um, because I was set in what I was doing. Um, and uh, so a lot of places I kind of went out and tried to, to rediscover. And that's kind of the, I'd, I'd say the underlying goal of Nash County Nash yep. is to encourage people, uh, especially people that have lived here their entire lives yeah, yeah. to go back out and rediscover their city, rediscover their community. And obviously we do it through the lens of food. Um, but during that period, looking around, going to places like the tap, um, there was so much good food. And I would talk to my friends and family and say, wow, I went to the, um, the tap, um, RIP by the way. Um, not yet. Um, well, I mean, it, they've moved, but yeah, yeah. That's all I'll say about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that was one of my favorite restaurants. But I'd come home, and 
So, you know, they, they, have, uh, they have bone marrow and, like, scotch eggs. And um, friends and family would say, that, that's crazy. Like, I've, I've never been there. First off, that sounds weird. Yeah, that, which, that, that is totally <coughs> our parents' generation. They're like, yeah. bone marrow. Yeah, and you, can, in, and you could go in Rocky Mount to a restaurant and get bone marrow, which is, in D.C., is something that people you know, get reservations month in ad- months in advance for to go to a restaurant oh, to yeah. get that particular dish. Yeah. But because it's in Rocky Mount, people aren't willing, or I don't know, people people haven't explored that yet. Um, and that's part of the, you know, like I said, the goal is to get people to uh, rediscover their community and get yeah. outside of just eating your your normal spot um, and, and appreciate that. And just because it's bone marrow and Rocky Mount doesn't mean it's, it's not any better not than good bone any. Marrow. Yeah. Um, I mean the chill spot downtown, I'm, I'm not saying there right. D chill spot. I put a, um, draw on it, but, uh, their curry goat is phenomenal. Dude, they're, they're, I'm just a sucker for chur- for jerk chicken. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think because of the labor issues, it's just hard to staff, you know, staff restaurants yep. in general. But yep. um, they sort of turned it into almost like a to-go spot. Mm-hmm. You can eat in there. You yeah. just get it, and they'll kind of bring it out to you, and they're not going to, like, serve you, like, a like wait on you. But, you know, you order it, they'll bring it out to you. Um, we, we went there, and we were the only ones to eat. Mm-hmm to stay there yep but i just watched the revolving door i mean like people are coming in and out getting stuff to go like they do a heck of a business down there they do and it's great food yeah it is and to my point you put curry goat on a menu in dc or raleigh and people go nuts for it right if you don't know it's there (coughs) then you might not seek it out as much um so Long story short, I started the account because I saw all these great places that were doing great things, extremely creative things with food that the masses weren't maybe aware of or going to or patronizing. And so if I could, you know, create kind of a a clearinghouse almost where you could look online and see, wow, that looks phenomenal. How, How have I not been there? How have I not tried this? Um, and encourage people to go out and, patronize places in their local communities um, and experience food that maybe they didn't grow up on but is made by folks that have an expert in their craft and are are phenomenal at service and and cooking and um, so that was really how it started the the first post I did was a scotch egg from the tap in 1918 and it was just frankly I was board on a conference call one day and just like created it while I was sitting on a conference call. <laughs> and, um, and all great ideas come out of like boredom. Yeah. Just like having yes. space, you know? Yes. Um, and I, you know, I, I had people message me asking like what that was, where it was. Um, and I realized there was, there was interest in communicating, you know, what, what was out there and, yeah, and trying to get people scene. to do it. Yeah. Yep. So, um, from that first post, then you kind of create, you create a monster. You're like, well, now I got to go try all these restaurants and post about it and, and, yep. uh, you know, make recommendations and, you know, so now you're like the local food critic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I will say I, the one thing we want, we, we don't do is like, I don't ever want to compare any restaurants, right. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like to, I like to think that we, we, you know, with the account, I just put it out there. People see it. If, if it looks good to them, then 
they go try it and, yeah, yeah. and, and discover it for themselves. Well, every restaurant, you know, I feel like has like the best of, like they have mm-hmm. something that like is better than any other restaurant. Right. Yep. Um, you know, sure. Service you, you might could compare. Um, but like every restaurant food wise is going to have something that's just different and that's what they should be known for. Yep. That's exactly um, right. Well, we're not going to compare restaurants, but I want to know some of like your favorite food experiences in the twin counties that maybe some people don't aren't aware of. Sure. So, um, for the longest time, like I said, um, the, the tap was probably my favorite spot. Um, just because of the creativity of the menu. I mean, you could go in there and get something that's, you know, Creole influenced or French bistro influenced or, um, you know, pub fair, you could choose any, like literally anything, um, and have something different every time. Um, so that was definitely one of my one of my favorite spots. Um, I would say probably recently, and I'm gonna butcher this, and I actually practiced it on the way over here. Um, Cafe Livature. Livature. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. It's really good. Um, it is. It is phenomenal. That's that's probably one of the ones I've been hitting up lately a lot. Um, the their Haitian patties and I had frankly had never had Haitian patties that I can remember. I hadn't either. Um, but it's basically just a delicious, completely enclosed sandwich. It's, 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 it's like a, it's like a croissant, like, yeah. a, like a crescent roll, yep. like the, the bread or like the bread yep. around it is like a crescent roll with like meat filling. And mm-hmm. like when you first hear it, you're like, maybe that sounds good. Yeah. But then you have like an oxtail or like mm-hmm. a jerk chicken or something. Yeah. And like the buttery flavor with the meat, it's like it's phenomenal. Amazing. It's it's like a, a delicious adult hot pocket that <laughs> is just That's the perfect way to describe <laughs> you it. Know, yeah, I, hot pocket. Yeah. Um so I've I've been going there a lot and those folks I think they're I think their names are the Cunninghams. Yeah. And Anthony I, I and Joanne. Yeah. They are for not they'd be a good one for, for this because I, I don't know how much you know about their backstory, but um, they were a Brooklyn institution for a long time, closed during the pandemic when non-essential businesses, businesses had to close. Yeah. Um, and I would make the case that Haitian patties now are a pretty essential they part of be. my life. Yes. Um, but so moved down here. And I mean, to have somebody with that background and that experience and bringing, you know, that um, those cultural influences into downtown Rocky Mount. Um, I mean, that should be celebrated. I mean, that's a phenomenal thing to happen. And they're in such a cool little location. I they mean, are. literally a hole in the wall. Like the, it's like, like it's like uh, Hogwarts, like it's like a half address cause it's so skinny and yep. you can't really eat in there, Yeah. but they just, man, they sling some patties and this, and this, this space so is good. beautiful. It is. It's yeah. It's really, really cool. Really cool. Yeah. Um, and it's such a nice, like little diamond right there on Tarbur street, the yeah. corner of Maine. Um, and then probably my my all of them are my go tos, but I do uh, Jersey Johns quite a bit. Okay. Um, and actually, if I if I may. Okay. Nice. And, oh, he brought some food. Yeah, I love it. Of course. So I stopped by Jersey Johns on the way here to see Linda. Does that just sound terrible on the mic when I'm? Oh there? no, it's good. Uh, <laughs> little ASMR bag actually. <laughs> uh, so I brought you, Benton. Oh, dude, let's go. This is a... Some food. Uh, Taylor ham, egg, and cheese. And okay. don't feel obligated to eat 
this gigantic oh, sandwich. Man. And and for your listeners, it's a pork roll ham, ham, egg, and cheese, and uh, it's it's gigantic. But Jersey John's, to my point, is one of my favorite spots. Um, oh yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah. Do you do you like my sweaty meats? Oh <laughs> yes, I love it. Mm, so good. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> are you familiar with that SNL skit? Or is that yes. Okay, <laughs> no, good. no, no, no. Right. You're not. It's not <laughs> random. Because if uh, if you weren't, it would be weird. Mm. Um, but Jersey John's has been one of my go-tos. And sorry, now I'm chewing the mic. Um, yeah, that's good. And they're awesome. Um, I mean, just a business that's very representative of the community. They're involved. My wife went up there to the other day to get takeout, and the owner, one of the owners, it's her and her husband, Linda, was in the parking lot during business hours helping somebody to jump their car. I mean, like, that is a nice. community business. That is, like, um, but they're, they're phenomenal. And this kind of is a little bit of my backstory with my wife. My wife is from New Jersey. Um, so that was a whole other culinary experience was – um, when I was dating her before we got married, going to New Jersey and learning about like that culture. And one of the biggest things that's notoriously Jersey is Taylor ham. Um, okay. And if you're in New Jersey, if you're Northern Jersey, you call it Taylor ham. If you're Southern Jersey, you call it pork roll. Hmm. Taylor ham is technically a brand of pork roll, if I remember correctly, but the history of it was started in Trenton by the Taylor ham company or something to that effect. So it's almost like a, a cultural thing. Yeah. Um, and, and stuff like that is, is fascinating to me about food is where, you know, names come from and, and, and how it, the, the origin story behind it. Um, so Linda and her husband at Jersey John's, they do something crazy. Like they ship the dough down from New Jersey or something because the water there is better. Um, but to have Jersey John's bring Taylor Ham to a region of the country that is like biscuits for breakfast. Yeah, like yeah. Breakfast biscuits all day long. That's right. <clears throat> um, and and have people going and, and trying something new um, that they didn't grow up on is is kind of – that makes me happy. That's exactly what I want to see happening this is with great count. So this is egg. What else? Uh, so pork roll, ham, egg, and cheese. And yeah. then uh, – Salt, pepper, ketchup. And okay, yeah. I thought it tasted ketchup, too. Yeah, yeah, this is phenomenal. And you don't think of usually ketchup being ketchup. good on a breakfast sandwich. If you would have told me, I would have said, no, I'm yeah. good without the ketchup. But, like, you brought it, so now I have to eat it. Yeah. And it's yeah. actually pretty good. Yeah, and um, it's it was the first time I had ever done, like, ketchup on a breakfast sandwich. And if you're in Jersey, you gotta you order it, um, Taylor ham, egg and cheese, salt, pepper, ketchup. No, no commas, just salt, pepper, ketchup is one word. Um, and so when I said that on the phone to Linda this morning, she was like, yeah, no, it, it, not weird at all. Gotcha. Um, so I, I guess my point is just those little cultural differences about food and um, what it brings to the table is, is fascinating to me. Um, but back to your original question. Um, I digress there with the sandwiches and the sweaty meats. Um, <laughs> we talked about tap. We talked about uh, Cafe Louverture. We talked about Jersey John's. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are a lot of my go-tos, um, and I, I hate to say it too. I, I used to go to um, Main Street Gastro Pub. I know a lot as their well. Food, their, I used to. I was trying to pump them up. I mean, their yeah. food was phenomenal. Did you ever have the 
pork belly yes. sushi sliders. Yes, I would go in there and I just have, order two of those. For oh, my tray. gosh. They're phenomenal. Um, little, like, meat skittles that you could just pop in your mouth. If you've never had pork belly, it's like a fat piece of bacon with, like, a little – some kind of, like, drizzle over top of it on top of, like, a little mini rice patty. Yeah. And it's literally, like, you can stick a fork in the whole bite, shove it in your mouth, and it's – salt heaven on your taste buds yeah um and lately um i've been trying to get more involved with the food trucks because if you Mm -hmm. go by like mattress warehouse up there on the way on the way here today it was like five or six food trucks just lined up and those are all local um and they all have their unique spin on everything they're doing and you can go out there and get you know any number of different things from from different um was the mediterranean one out there not that i saw today and that's been on my list you know actually. what i'm talking about have you ever been yet. have you been there no Man, he's yet. got some really good mediterranean yeah. like you know hero meat and uh like lamb it's really good stuff they were over at um ben and barrel one night yeah and it was packed yeah packed um so i needed I, that's on my list but um so been doing a lot of food trucks um Natural High Smoothies is really good. Their acai bowls are phenomenal. Uh, there's a, a lady that has a food truck called Money Baby, uh, and you'll see it if you drive by because it's a it's a big black truck, and it's got a picture of her. I think she's got, like, a fur on, and uh, I think the slogan is, I, I got the food, you bring the money, baby, or something like that. But I've gone there a couple <laughs> times. It's phenomenal. Um, what, I mean, what do they serve? Um, so uh, hot dogs, hamburgers, the, all of that, but um, – it, like old old school southern soul food um i always go get their pork chop sandwich which is it's just a okay. gigantic pork oh, chop man. fried that's good um and uh so so they're phenomenal um i'll stop there because i just you can keep going yeah, yeah you can just keep going i'll add one more um bruno's burger bar yeah i had their yeah. some stuff from their food truck um out of the tower lighting so this was, I don't know, maybe a week ago, I think. Yep, before there Thanks. too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I yeah, saw yeah, you out there. Um, so Bruno's Burger Bar was out there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, you know, I'll get a burger and fries. And I want a side of the um, the brisket. Mm-hmm. Normally with, I mean, I had two kids out there. It was freezing cold. I didn't even put any ketchup and mustard on my on my burger, which I normally do. Yeah. Just ate it, burger, cheese, bun. And it was like, it was a smash burger. It was phenomenal. Yeah. It was, I keep using that word. That's the word that I use when the food is 10 out yeah, of 10. It was yeah, awesome. Absolutely. But uh, the unexpected surprise was how good the brisket was. Man. That guy does a good job. That brisket was like, I mean, it was bordering on prime at a night Have you ever been there? I have not. As a foodie, you need to do yourself a service and go to prime and Nightdale. Okay. They have probably the best brisket I've ever had. Interesting. Like, ever. I'll have to check. It oh out. my goodness! And and their ribs, I mean, they sell out by like twelve thirty every day. Wow! I mean, it's it, it's the guy travels all over the country doing you know, um, like uh, food seminars on how he, yeah. he cooks his his meats. Interesting. Okay. Um, I want to. Um, you mentioned <clears throat> a couple times about history mm-hmm. of different places and food and stuff. Um, that's one of the things that I really like about your account. Like you'll do this, these research pieces on older restaurants that maybe no longer exist or yeah. like recipes. Like you did one on the, the Carlton house, didn't yep. you? Yeah. Talk about that. Yeah, maybe, sure. And maybe some um, of the other pieces too that you've done. So that's been, um, and I think I was like, I, 
was framing it as Rocky Mount recorded. Um, I started, I don't know why, but I just started researching old restaurants in Rocky Mount. Um, and I was finding enough information on them to where I was like, wow, there's a story to tell here. Um, and it, for a little background, I I'd, I'd really enjoy writing. That was a lot of what I did in D.C. too, was writing op-eds and, and um, things like that. So um, it gave me a chance to put a little pen to paper again, too, because I was getting enough information. But I started – it really started, like, looking at old postcards of old restaurants and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, you think about, like, the three, 301 corridor back in the day. That was, like, you know, huge. There were restaurants, steakhouses all along oh, yeah. um, coming in and going out of Rocky Mount. Um, but the thing I more and more realized was Rocky Mount had, and, and still does, I would argue still does, has claim to a lot of things that have shaped the culinary history of, of Eastern North Carolina prim- primarily, um, and specifically on barbecue, because we're, Western North Carolina doesn't even have barbecue. So it, I should just say North Carolina barbecue, but we have to <laughs> yeah. specify because it is Eastern North Carolina barbecue. Right. Um, but uh, <coughs> reading about Bob Melton's, um, that, I think that was the first post I did. Yep. And uh, <coughs> looking at the postcards and things from Bob Melton's and all the media coverage that Bob Melton's barbecue, and if, if folks aren't familiar with that, um, the, the younger younger folks or younger listeners, um, Bob Melton's was just a staple on the East Coast, really, for for Eastern North Carolina style pit cook barbecue, and I uh, was an absolute institution in Rocky Mount. And their postcards and literally these articles I was finding and stuff said Rocky Mount barbecue capital of the world. Like of of I mean, there's something to be said, and there's something that should be preserved about that yeah. and retold to people that maybe forgot that or don't know that that we were on the map for this is going to make people mad but we rocky mount is on the map as being one of the originators of eastern north carolina style barbecue through through bob melton's um and uh, so that was a really fun post to do learning about that um and then uh, the carlton house was another good one yeah and the carlton house was such a good example of that community involvement um the food was phenomenal, but it was like a place that families gathered. You went there and took your Easter photos out front, you know, after church for Sunday buffet. And it was a true community gathering place. When, when did it close down? Do you remember? Or like, do you remember in your research? I feel like when I was super young, like, I feel like I have very hazy, vague memories of going there. Yeah, I mean, so it was it was open when we were young, right? It was open when we were young. Um Maybe the early 2000s or late 90s when it closed? Yeah, and I, I think there was some change in ownership, so I don't know uh-huh. if it was Bob Melton's, or excuse me, um, Carlton House proper as like the historical yeah. um, context, but uh, I want to say late 90s, early 2000s, because I do remember going there when I was little, and, and I've got it somewhere. I couldn't find it. Okay. But, um, but you got to send me the links <clears throat> to these posts because I definitely want to feature yeah. them in the show notes for sure. And uh, I'd like to start doing some more. Yeah. Um, and I've kind of been building research. But another one that was incredibly um, interesting was the Lincoln Park restaurant. Okay. Um, and that, uh, along the same lines of Bob Melton's, that was a uh, barbecue restaurant and, a, you know, kind of somewhat a music venue too. Yeah. Um, and that was a 
gentleman, I, I can't think of his name now, um, but bought the restaurant. It's in Lincoln Park, um, the his, Lincoln Park Historic District. And uh, I was a destination, I want to say it was from like the 50s to the late 60s. Um, people would, would come specifically for the barbecue, and he would get up every morning and, and cook it out back with his wife. Um, and most importantly and, and, and most fascinating was at the time it was uh, a stop for seven or eight years on the Green Book. Um, and people don't know that. And people don't – well, some people do. But for me, reading it, I was like, wow, I had no idea that this historic – Pick Cook Barbecue Spot that was on the Green Book, hosted musicians like BB King and stuff. Is in what, Rocky what is Mount. the Green Book for people that don't know? So um, back during, I guess I want to say the the Jim Crow South, there a lot of accommodations um, did not serve African Americans, or it was just known that that's that's not where you stay. Um, so the Green Book was basically. Uh, I think it was, I can't remember the parameters, maybe down 95, but mainly through the southeast of locations that were safe havens or places that would serve African-Americans. Sure. And that was notably on one, on the Green Book for, for years. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, this is a place that had extraordinary cultural, historic, culinary significance that I, for one, have lived here my entire life and had no idea it was there. I didn't know about it until today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, and to for people not to know that, for people not to – because there's a sense of pride that, that in your community that should come with that. Um, and you go by there today, and it's a dilapidated building in front of a beautiful placard. Um, and for there not to be some degree of recognition or something that says – this was a Rocky Mount original. This was significant for these reasons, and there's an appreciation there. Uh, but I think the bigger the bigger picture is with the historical post. Yeah, is reminding people and and you know <clears throat> educating people that or the younger crowd that Rocky Mount is a great place. It had an absolute historical like I like I said a historical and cultural significance that if it's that good at that point and that nationally recognized and renowned at that time in history it can be again it can be again today um, reminding people that there was good and that there definitely can still be good um, is is important um, and I think that's part of the underlying goal of, of those historical posts um, and then, and then more, you know, generally, the Nash County Nash um, accountant general is just saying, "There's good here. Go out, explore, and support your local businesses because we want the communities to um, prosper." And you know, the recognition of of what has been and what could be is is important. Yeah, I mean, apart from having jobs, um, you know safe places to live, you know, places for families to go and, and have fun. Like you, uh, part of the, the local culture is food, um, activities, fun events, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And culinary, the culinary scene is super important for people that are looking 
to come here and locate their families here and work yep. here and um, it's important and simultaneously we need those people here so that more restaurants can come and open yeah. up and blossom and um, you know that we can continue to sort of develop that part of our um, you know the city's offering if you will yeah. further um, yeah. you know because there's always work to be done um, I would love to have another Bob Melton's here yes um, I'd love to have a Mediterranean yep like a brick and mortar Mediterranean spot we don't have one yeah. of those and and that's that's the thing is I always hear people say there's there's nowhere to eat in Rocky Mount. There are places to eat. There's lots of places. You just have to go and patronize those places. And if they're not getting the patronage, they go away. Right. And I and I'll clarify, you know, a lot of restaurants close for any number of reasons. Yeah. COVID was not kind. <laughs> COVID, lease negotiations, workforce is a huge, huge problem. Thing, yeah. Everybody I talk to in the restaurant industry in, in Rocky Mount is, is workforce yeah. is a big challenge. Absolutely. Um, but patronage, money, people in the door, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it makes those other, they rely other things on, on a, little customers. Bit, a little bit better. Um, so having people say, you know, tonight, let's, let's not do a blooming onion. Uh, you know, let's let's go out and experience something that is local. And, I, and no disrespect to the Bloomin' Onion. Oh yeah, crowd. it's so good. Um, but <laughs> yeah, but keep it local. Yeah, but you can go out and support a restaurant that is run by somebody that lives in the community and is offering phenomenal food and and sometimes food that you've never tried or um, you might be scared to try. But it's it's important to do that because without that we don't have those restaurants. I mean, plain and simple. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's, you know, again, the goal of, of Nash County Nosh is to kind of have that narrative to say, there's good here. There's really good food here, but people need to recognize it and be aware of it and support it. Yeah. And that way we can continue to support it and then grow and flourish and add more, add more options. Yeah. And I, I do think there are a lot of, there's a there's aside from just food, there's a really good surge of I don't want to say younger people because there are older people that are doing great things too, but there are a lot of these great young entrepreneurs in Rocky Mount that are really working hard to do a lot of these things we've discussed. You look at Kevin from Larima, I mean, that's that's also one of my go-tos we didn't get to, but. That space, that venue, that culture, the community he's created oh, yeah. with Larima Coffee Shop. I mean, it's it's amazing. It's an it's, anchor it's an, in downtown for sure. It is. And you go down there and it's it's packed with folks and he's done such a good job of developing that sense of community. And that is just absolutely so needed. Um, and I mean, I know you've done a podcast with him, but I could listen to 400 podcasts with that guy. Um, just all, all about the community. Um, and I, you know, you've got folks like that that are really holding up an image of Rocky Mount. And that's part of what I'd like to do is, is kind of elevate an image of Rocky Mount that is not just the headlines you see in the newspaper every day when you go to the front page, it's like, Oh, there's a, there's a crime. Well, yeah, there's crime everywhere. Right. Let's, let's talk about something other than that. Let's elevate the good things. And so like folks like Kevin, um, Tim Sia, I don't know if, if folks listening, uh, have checked out people of Rocky Mount, 
but um, Tim C is a photographer and he is doing a great job of just capturing Rocky Mount from a new perspective. I lived here all my life and I look at his pictures and I'm like, gosh, that's just a beautiful scene of downtown Rocky Mount. We interviewed him early on. Um, so check out one of our earlier episodes with Tim. Yeah, yeah. it was good. Tim's phenomenal. And his, his photos are great. Yeah. And I uh, just changing that narrative and reminding people that this is a good place to live. Um, Troy Davis um, has, has done a lot and invested a lot in his his restaurant that he used to have, um, Main Street Gastro Pub, um, which, which closed. And like I said, um, restaurants closed for all different reasons. Um, that was one of my go-to spots. And, and Benton, I had not, until Main Street Gastro Pub opened up on right on Main Street, I had not gone downtown Rocky Mount that I, I can remember in years and gotten out of the car and walked into a business, a storefront on Main Street and right. gone in. I mean, in, in decades, I, I literally cannot remember ever doing that I don't as a think child. I've ever done that, like truly on Main Street, besides La Rama. Yeah, and, and um, Cafe. But on Main Street. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And actually getting out of your car and walking, walking into, into a storefront. A, and, yeah. and patronizing somewhere and having lunch and then walking back out on Main Street. I mean, I like... Wouldn't it be nice if that whole place was just filled? It, it can I, happen. It, yeah, I, I absolutely believe it can happen. Um, and it's it's happening. You know, there's, there's, there's restaurants down there, um, but people just need to go down there. Yeah. And, you know, you, you always hear this, like, this narrative... Oh, you don't, downtown's dangerous. There's nobody downtown. That's literally my argument every time is when somebody <laughs> says, well, I don't go downtown. It's dangerous. And of course, I'm not going to let my wife and two children walk anywhere, really, after dark uh, yeah. on the street. We went downtown plenty of times to Gastro Pub before they, they shut down. And I've heard maybe they're opening back up. Um, I'd heard they had some labor issues. But either yeah. way, I hope they open back up. But their food was great. Yeah. Um, but that was my argument, too, is it's not dangerous because how can it be dangerous if there's nobody down there? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Unless you're the danger going yeah, unless down you're there. The danger. Yeah. Yeah. There's unless you're carrying down it down there. there. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, and it's, to me, it's an opportunity. Yeah. To other people, it's, it is, it's glass half empty or glass half full. You got to choose. It's exactly right. Um, but I guess, it, to my point, there's a lot of these, you know, young kind of acolytes that are really pushing to, to change that narrative and, and I'd say doing a good job of it and, and we need more of that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, going forward, when you have some of those um, historic posts, send it to us. We want to highlight it because, you know, you're mission aligned, we're mission aligned. Like we're just trying to make the Twin Counties a better place um, in any way we can by highlighting the good things. And you're doing a great job uh, in the culinary scene. And, um, you know, me personally, like I'd, I'd love to see more of the history stuff. Anytime you get a chance to like, you know, write some of the stories of you know like um, uh, Joanne and Anthony uh, mm -hmm. coming down from New Jersey like yep. telling their story is so inspiring for other people who are like hey yep. they came down relocated into a random downtown in eastern North Carolina and they're booming yeah they're crushing it um and, yeah. and that that type of knowledge that gets out there that information you know it can it can encourage others to do the same so yeah. keep keep up the great work man you're doing an awesome job I, I appreciate it um you know, food's one of those constants in, in people's lives, and um, it's, it, it's, it's a necessity as well. Um, but it's something we all have to do, and if we can do it to support our community, I mean, there's, 
there's always there's there's bread to be broken there's fellowship always to be had and and within that there's there's progress that can be made 100 percent, justin man first off uh thanks for coming on second thank you for i don't know what this was the breakfast sandwich but it was <laughs> awesome um yeah i guess it's brunch now so i don't have to eat lunch so it was yeah. great man that was yeah. a real treat so thank yeah. you so much for your time uh and uh keep up the great work we appreciate you know everything that you're doing to support the culinary scene in the twin counties and um looking forward to future future work and uh, all that you're going to be uh posting so thanks yeah. for your time thank you benton